You can turn with me to Luke chapter 11 this morning. Luke chapter 11. We're going to continue a... Uh, we're going to continue a, a series that I've been, been in about prayer. Prayer, things that Jesus taught us to pray for. And we're in what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer. And we got through verse two. We're gonna we're gonna get to verse three here in a minute. But I just want to declare that every day for the rest of my life, every week, weekend, week out, every month, every year, every decade. I'm going to live for Jesus. Anybody, de anybody declare that with me? My life is not my own. I have been purchased at great price, and I am laying down my life for him. Hallelujah. I was thinking this morning as I was going, uh, you know, as I, I was preparing for the service and putting songs together and, and I was thinking, this is not my favorite song list. Anybody ever come to church and then leave saying, they did not sing my favorite songs today. Anybody ever, ever think that? And the worship team lifted up their hands and said, yes, that's true. How many of you have favorite Bible verses? And you leave on Sunday and say, he did not preach about my favorite Bible verses. That's true, right? But this gathering is not about your favorite song. And this gathering is not about your favorite Bible verse. In fact, my life is not about my favorite song or my favorite Bible verse. Do you engage in activity that is not your favorite? What did you say, Gary? <laughs> How long have you been married? 50 years, right? 52. <laughs> oh. You have to engage in activity that is not your favorite. Do you know why? Because it is not all about you. And this life, this life, it's getting deep in here. This life is not all about you. We've laid our life down for the master. Hallelujah. We've laid our life down for him. We've given him everything in Jesus' name. So I don't, I'm not the Lord of my time. I'm not the Lord of my treasure, my resources. I'm not the Lord of my relationship. He is in the driver's seat, and he's going to be in the driver's seat until I breathe my last. He's the Lord of my life. He's the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I had no idea what that meant when I first gave my life to Christ. And I kneeled down at the altar and I said, Jesus, I give you everything. I give you my life. And I was 13 years old. 
and I meant it. But I didn't know what I, what I was saying. I didn't know the cost. I counted the cost to the best of my ability in that moment. Having lived for the Lord for 36 years, I say, Jesus, the next 36 years, they belong to you. Every single moment of it all. And I know that there's, you here are praying that same prayer this morning. And I just want to declare that today. In fact, it feels good. Lord, I don't just give you a moment. I don't just give you a morning. God, I believe that it's your will that we gather together. On Lord, your, your church settled in to that routine on the Lord's Day when you gather together. I believe that's your will. But Lord, it isn't just a, a day or a gathering. God, I lay down my life for the Master. And I say, here I am. Here I am. Use me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And so Jesus had finished praying in a certain place, and they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Father. I think that this is important. In fact, as I was just reading that through, I was noticing the word us. When you pray, he wasn't talking to just you singular. He was talking to you plural. When you pray, this is how you pray. And, and then uh, we, we may or may not get to verses three or four, I don't know, but you see, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Uh, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Friends, we are in this together. Amen? We are in this together. And God wants us to be in this together. Amen? This is a, this is a family prayer. This is something that God wants us to experience together in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we looked at, at uh, in verse 2, we looked at the authority of the Father, our Father in heaven. And we spend a, a long time on that. Aren't you glad that God is your Father today? You are a son, you are a daughter of, of, the, of the creator of the universe. Hallelujah. We talked about hallowed be your name. And uh, we, we talked about what it means to uh, give praise to the Lord. And right at the beginning of the prayer, we, we give, he gives praise to the Lord. And every morning when we gather at eight o'clock, after I greet the people and they're coming in and it's good to have you in, you know what we do? We give praise to the Lord. 
we offer praise. And I just begin to sing, and the people, I can hear them in my spirit singing from their living rooms and workplaces and in their automobiles, and they're lifting up their voice. And by the way, it's good to have Barry Hatch here from, from uh, Galesburg, who is often, in fact, almost every day, he is on our call and praying. And, and uh, in fact, uh, we, we sang that song. He often types that in. Raise a hallelujah. He, that's one of your favorites, isn't it, Barry? All right. And uh, so we, we give praise to God as we're entering into his presence. And it is that praise that, and, that enables us to experience, begin experiencing the manifest presence of God. And when we begin to experience the manifest presence of God in our prayer time, then everything else can open up. Because you know what? It's just really dry to say, Lord, bless, bless my wife, bless my family, bless my work, bless my day, amen, and, and go into live. But when you are in the manifest presence of God because you've entered in with thanksgiving and you've come in with praise, it changes your prayer time. It changes it forever. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. And I'm not going to be long this morning, but I, I want to uh, get a couple more thoughts from this prayer into our spirit. And the next phrase that he says is, your kingdom come. Everybody say that together. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. The kingdom uh, is the dominion of the king. It is the domain of the king. So Jesus came to preach the kingdom. John the Baptist preached the kingdom. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus told the disciples, when he sent them out, he said, uh, he, he told them to preach the coming of the kingdom. And so the kingdom is important to understand. The kingdom is anywhere where the king has dominion. And so he prays, let your kingdom come. Well, why is that? Why, does, why do we need to pray this? Doesn't God rule and reign in the whole earth? And the the overarching answer is, yes, Jesus is on the throne, and it is a throne that is higher than any other throne. But the technical answer is there are lots of places in the earth where the king does not have dominion at this point in time. And in fact, even when Jesus was on the earth, there were places that, uh, the, that, that he did not have dominion. And as he went about doing good and destroying the works of the devil, that's what the book of Acts says that he came to do, he increased his dominion in the earth. That's what Jesus was doing. Um, and, and we'll get to some examples of that in a moment. The church is part of the kingdom. There are, there are actually multiple expressions of the kingdom. Uh, the king, heaven is a part of the kingdom. 
because he has complete dominion in heaven. In fact, heaven operates in perfection as a kingdom, as the kingdom of God. And so it's, it's uh, filled with, with angels. It's filled, you can read the book of Revelation, that's all part of the kingdom. Here on the earth, the primary expression of the kingdom is the church that Jesus came to build. He said in Matthew 16 that I, I, I've come to build, I am building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is that? That is the clashing of dominions. You see, on the earth, there, there are different dominions. There's the domain of man. And God gave man freedom and rulership over the earth. That's the dominion of man. Well, it was corrupted by sin. And then there is the domain of Satan. And uh, he's the, the spirit of the age. And you see those two things often working together, the dominion of man and the dominion of Satan. And then there is the dominion that Jesus came to preach. And this is the dominion of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so why do we need to pray that the kingdom will advance in the earth? Because there are people that are not yet a part of it. And so we preach the kingdom and we say, hey, there's a kingdom that you can come on in. There's a kingdom that you can be a part of. The cross is the door into that kingdom. And you can be a part of that kingdom. Hallelujah. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Now we know in the book of Revelation, uh, in fact, I, I, oh, I want to read. Uh, th this is so good. Hallelujah. Um, I want to read um, from the, the book of, of Revelation chapter 11 because this is what's coming, okay? Then the seventh angel sounded and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, hallelujah, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell down on their faces and worshiped God. Now, friends, that is coming. And one day Jesus is going to set up his rulership and he is going to rule and reign and, and uh, his, uh, of his kingdom. In fact, in the, in the book of Daniel chapter 7, it says of, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Hallelujah. And so that's what's coming, friends. Jesus is going to rule and reign in the earth, and there is going to be nobody that can rise up against him. But for right now, for right now, we are advancing the kingdom in the earth. And Jesus said, you need to make this a matter of prayer. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. The king is expanding his dominion. Well, how does that happen? How does that happen? Well, let's look down. You're, you're in Luke chapter 11. I want you to scroll down and I want you to see. This is, in fact, the, the Lord's prayer that, that we're reading is the beginning of a teaching on prayer. So in verse 5, after he tells them 
how, how to pray that we're walking, that we're working through right now. He, he tells them a story about a friend coming at midnight. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about prayer. And then in verse 9, he continues his message on prayer. This is a whole teaching that Jesus does on prayer. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Um, and then in verse 13, he continues on teaching on prayer. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's continuing his message on prayer. And in verse 14, um, he's teaching this message on prayer. And, 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 and look, he's, he's in the setting of a demoniac. There's a demoniac right here as he's teaching on prayer. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's saying, I'm going to show you now how the kingdom advances. I'm going to show you how the kingdom advances. And he was casting out a demon. And the demon was mute. And so it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. And some of them said he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you cannot because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And so they just, they, they basically explained away Jesus' ability to cast out demons by saying, well, you just have a bigger demon. And because you have a bigger demon than these lesser demons, you can cast them out. And so Jesus' explanation of that is, how can that be? Because if if Satan is casting out his own kingdom, his kingdom is going to fall. And even Satan is smarter than that. But then look what he says. If I cast out demons with the finger of God, then surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Who? Kingdom activity. This is kingdom activity. How does the kingdom advance? Well, in this situation, there was a mute man that was in the domain of Satan. And Jesus came to him and kicked out the authority of the enemy and set this man free. Hallelujah. And what happened to this young man? The kingdom came upon him. Praise the Lord. This is the kingdom of God advancing. The kingdom of God advances when Scott is trying to, Scott's trying to win his friends to the Lord. And uh, we're, uh, when we meet, we pray for his friends oftentimes. And he's calling out to God for, for them. For the, what, what is he praying for? God, let the kingdom of, of the Lord come to my friends. 
Adam, uh, Adam, come up here for a minute. Come up here for a minute. Adam is relatively new here. Let's welcome him up here this morning. Adam is uh, relatively new to the church here, and uh, God's been doing a work in him. And he came up to me last time, was it, or maybe two times ago, and you, and you brought your new Bible with you. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's got a new Bible he's excited about. He's been reading it. He's been getting into the Word, Pastor Gary. Isn't that good? He's been getting into the Word. And, uh, and you've gone through scriptures that talk about salvation, right? Uh, okay, so salvation and faith. And why have you wanted those verses to, to, to be highlighted in your life? Oh. Um, basically, like, just renewing, like, oh, excuse me. Um, I want to say it. Uh, because we, when I was talking to my mom, I think I was talking to you about it. And I was telling her, you know, how I'm going back to church and everything. And uh, we just need to, I think, uh, just having strong faith and uh, wanting to lead and all the, you know, friends I've made through work and everything and uh, want to share my faith with them because I want to lead them to them because I don't know if they have God in their life. Especially, I was telling you about my friend Robert, how he's not ready. And I was sharing my faith with him and, uh, you know, just... He's just, I think, and he just lost his father, so his heart's guarded right now, but I have faith that, you know, God will give me that opportunity. Yeah, so, so he, he, has, he told me, he said, I've underlined them because I want to lead people to Christ. And he's talking about Robert, he's talking about his, his friends at work. Uh, he works at uh, Walmart in Springfield, and uh, he's believing God for them to come to Christ. Share what happened with your mom just a couple days ago. Uh, well, she when I told her, you know, after we had uh, church a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was telling her, and she was like, she actually went to church. She's actually gone to church today. I talked to her. I was on my way here. Um, she didn't understand what they were talking about, you know, and she had a stroke about 25 years ago, so she lost some of her memories. And she said, Adam, she's like, I can't remember if I asked the Lord in my heart. And I said, well, Mom, that's really important. And I was like, I was like, whether you're not for sure or not, we can do that again just so you have that insurance. And for, she's like, well, and she's like, well, maybe we can try it. So I said, Mom, you got to remember, we're not promised tomorrow. And she's like, well, you're right, son. And so we prayed, and she accepted the Lord in her heart just so that she has that insurance. And that meant a lot to me because... She's actually the first person that I led to the Lord. So it really meant a lot to me. Amen. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Isn't that awesome? And so he's texting me that. I led my mom to Christ. And I, I, was, driving down the, I was driving down the road and I read that. And I, I, I had to like pull over and go, whoa, thank you, Lord. What happened? The kingdom of God came to Adam's mother. Hallelujah. This is how the kingdom moves forward. The kingdom comes to an individual. There's another one in the dominion of the king. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I, I've, been talking to a, I've been talking to a man from India, and him and I have become uh, buddies, and we have this conversation going on. 
And uh, it's very interesting. And I don't know if anybody here has ever been to India, but the culture in India is totally different than the culture in America. And if you have not grown up in India and you have to like just kind of adjust to that culture as a missionary would have to do, that is a difficult thing to do, especially a culture that is that far different. It's very different. And there are cultures like that. The, the culture of the kingdom of Jesus is very, very, very different than the culture of the kingdom of darkness, the domain of darkness. It is very different. When you step out of darkness and you step into light and now you're suddenly in a new kingdom, your whole outlook changes. Everything that you think changes. You begin to, to, to step into another place and you go, you, you go, wow, it feels good in here. It feels good in here. I'm glad to be out of darkness. I'm glad to be in light. I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm forgiven and free. This weight come, come off of me. This is a culture of favor. It is a culture of blessing. It is a culture of honor. It is a culture of, of, of God lavishing affection upon you. It's a culture of family. It's a culture of love. Hallelujah. It's a culture of joy. Glory to God. It's a culture, that, uh, really, of everything that a, a human heart longs for is found in the kingdom. And when Jesus says, pray, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. He's, he's talking about the advancement of the freedom of the cross through the earth. Oh, praise God. Am I the only one excited about this? Oh, Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Now, friends, the disciplines of the Christian are important. They're imperative. They, they, they produce life. Pastor Gary preached about one last week, the discipline of the study of the Word. And there's the discipline of coming to church. And we have the discipline of prayer. We have the discipline of evangelism. There are lots of different disciplines that God wants us to incorporate into our lives. But friends, the kingdom is not just about doing rigid disciplines. The kingdom is about the life of the king that has come into God's people. Without the life, then all we've got is religious things that we've got to do. Well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I'm, I'm, and I'm regimented in my life. And people say, well, I don't know if I want that lifestyle. Uh, that, uh, that doesn't seem too much fun to me. Well, what you don't get is that the life of the king has come into me. And the life of the king coming into me, the dominion of the king being inside this vessel changes everything. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. It's about the kingdom. Let, the king, let your kingdom come. I don't want religiousness to come to you. Of course, I'm happy when you come to church on Sunday. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. 
More than anything, I want the dominion of the king to touch your heart. Because there's people all over the city right now in church doing the religious thing. But outside of the dominion of the king, Jesus, let your kingdom come. 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 99% of the churches that are established when they are first established in a community are established with incredible life. Somebody had a vision from God. We got to reach this community. Usually there was a revival that took place. And out of that revival was born a church. And in the beginning years of that church, there's life in that church. People going after God, there's vision in that church. We got to see other people come to Christ. We got to see other people saved. We got to see other people ministered to, healed, and set free in the name of Jesus. But then the decades pass. And the decades pass. And the decades pass. And what started off as life, and what started off as kingdom activity, has become a building on the corner that a few people gather at every week. And it has lost its potency. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Rule and reign again in this place. Have your way. Awaken, awaken, awaken. When we're praying for revival and we're praying for awakening, we're praying for the dominion of the king to take place again. It flows right in to the next portion. The next portion of the prayer after he says, he says, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Brother Todd reverted, referred, not reverted, referred to Psalm 103. I want to read a verse in Psalm 103, verse 20. And the verse says this. Bless the Lord, you, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Talking about angels. 
Bless the Lord, you his angels, who obey the voice of God. This is the will of God being done in heaven. The will of God being done in heaven, carried out by the messengers, the, the participants of the kingdom that are in heaven. Can you imagine God going to Gabriel and saying, hey, I, I want you to go down to earth and I want you to encourage Kathy. Kathy Rigg. God sends Gabriel to Kathy to encourage her. And Gabriel saying, I would, Lord, but I just don't feel like it today. Can you imagine an angel doing that? Gabriel's the archangel. There's millions of other angels that are, come, that, that are at the command of the Lord to do his work throughout the earth. And there once was a rebellion among the angelic beings and he was kicked out of heaven along with a third of the angels and his name is Lucifer. And he now leads the domain of darkness. Since that time, the fear of God has entered into the rest of the angels. And there has never one time since that time been an angel that has risen up and said, I don't know if I want to, Lord. You see, the will of God in heaven is carried out flawlessly. The will of God in heaven is, is uh, obeyed. There's nobody in heaven said, well, if I felt better, I would do that. There is no obstacle. When God speaks, the angels do it. They carry out His will. They fall down in worship. They say, yes, Lord. They come to the earth and carry out their assignments. They, they fulfill the call of God. They walk in it all. There is nobody in heaven that resists the will of God. And Jesus taught them to pray. Lord, let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven with no resistance, with nobody saying, no, I, I don't think so, Lord. Now, I, I want to point out the obvious. We're not angels. Angels obey God robotically and with great fear because, you know, if an angel disobeys, there is no redemption for an angel. Jesus did not take on the form of an angel and go to the cross as an angel. Therefore, there is no redemption for angels. When you die, you don't become an angel. That's not biblical. You don't get your wings when you die and sail into heaven as an angel. 
That's not how it works. There's redemption for man because Jesus became a man. Now we as people have obstacles that angels don't have when it comes to obeying the will of God. We have lots of obstacles. We have a fallen nature. Angels don't deal with that. That fallen nature has to daily be crucified. Amen? That fallen nature has to be contended with and dealt with. I would rather do something else than walk in obedience to God. Anybody ever said that before? I got my wishes. I got my desires. I don't want to lay them down to do what God wants to do. Jesus experienced this in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't want to go to the cross. Nevertheless, I will if that's what you will, God. Let your will be done. We have time things. We have family things. We have this issue. We have that issue. We have jobs. We have this and that. And everything is in on the table. And do I have time to consider what God wants for my life? And Jesus said, you got to pray. you got to pray that God's will will be done on the earth, even as it is in heaven. Can I tell you there's something powerful in prayer? Some of you spouses are believing God for the salvation of your spouse. You know what you're believing for? You're believing for God's will to be done in your spouse, even as it is in heaven. There's power in prayer. And this is the starting place. You want your spouse, you, you, you wives want your husband to lead your home spiritually, to not allow junk into your home, to not, you know, to put a, to be the guard, the watchdog around your home like God's called him to be. It starts in prayer. God, let your will be done in my husband, even as it is in heaven. God, cause my husband to come in to the obedience of your will. In the name of Jesus. It's powerful. You begin to pray. You begin to pray. God, let your will be done. In this person. In that person. Your will. God's will is something that has to be carried out. Let your will be done. And that's a question that all of us have to answer. Am I doing God's will? Am I doing God's will? Jesus told a parable. and said, the father asked two sons to go out and work in the field, and one said, I will, but he never went. And another said, no, father, I don't want to go. He was the honest one. But later, Jesus said, he changed his mind and went. And Jesus said, which son did the will of his father? Which one did the will of the father? The second one. And so at the beginning of this message, I made a declaration. I'm going to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm going to do the will of God to the best of my ability for the rest of my life. But if I don't, move from that declaration and actually do 
what God's called me to do, am I, am I fulfilling God's will for my life? God's will can't just be declared and talked about. God's will has to be done. May God's will be done. Jesus likes his steaks fully cooked. Well done. Good and faithful servant. That was horrible, wasn't it? That was horrible. Isn't that what you want to hear when you enter into the kingdom? When you enter into heaven? Friends, that's what I'm living for. I want to hear Jesus welcome me in and say, well done good and faithful servant. Well, how does that happen? Here's how it happens. Day by day, one day at a time, to the best of your ability, by the grace of God, you do what God has called you to do. Thank you, Lord. That your will be done in my life. Lord, without argument, anybody having an argument with God right now? I have them. He tells me to do something that I don't want to do. And I wished that I could proclaim, stand up here and proclaim that I always 100% of the time say, yes, Lord, I will right now. Sometimes I have an argument with God. I complain. I don't want to. But I want to be like that second son, even those places where I say, I don't want to. Eventually, I change my mind and go and do. Anybody here this morning having an argument? Saying, God, are you sure? Every time I have said, God, are you sure? When I say that, I know it's God already. <laughs> in Psalm 48, there was a messianic prophecy that ended up in Hebrews chapter, nine, chapter 10. And it's of the Son. And he says, I have come to do your will, O God. a young person in our church that Cammie and I are praying with that is asking God what God's will is for their life. What is God's will? What does God want me to do? 
I say, yes, Lord. I have come to do your will. You know, the battleground of Christianity is a battleground of wills. And the biggest battle that you face is not against the devil. The the biggest battle that you face is not duking it out with Satan. The biggest battle you face is the surrender of your own will. To say, Lord, let your will be done. It's an easy prayer to pray just to say it, you know. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's easy to just say the prayer. It's a whole other thing to wrestle it through in your life and say yes to God. There's so many other things that you can do with your life than serve Him. Yield. Yield. So this morning, the prayer is this. God, let your kingdom come to me. I want to operate in your kingdom. And God, let your will be done in me. How does the earth change? How does God bring forth change? We're praying for revival to be poured out on America. How does that happen? It happens one person at a time as you and as I say yes to the will of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just pause our hearts before you right now. These are things that you taught us to pray. And there's a battle over these things, Lord. There's a battle over your kingdom moving forth in the earth. There's a battle of the kingdom moving forth in my workplace. There's a battle of the kingdom moving forth in my neighborhood, in my friendships. And so you taught us to pray. Because prayer moves mountains. Prayer pushes back darkness. Prayer causes miracles to be released. Prayer uh, does incredible things. God, there's a battle in our own will to embrace all that you have for us. Lord, we've had an incredible morning in your presence. In this worship time, you spoke to us very clearly about your greatness, about your power, about your bigness. Lord, right now, we just want to allow the spotlight of your word to work in our lives. And we, we want to say yes to you. We don't want to just notice how great you are in this building when we're all together. God, we want your will to happen when the rubber meets the road. We want your kingdom to come out there this week in our lives.
So we just allow the word to speak to us right now. So right now, just respond to the word and say, Jesus, I'll say yes. If there's a a place in your life that he's putting his finger on, just wrestle that through. Just say yes. It's your conviction, Lord. This is how you taught us to pray. There's places in our lives, Lord, that you haven't subdued. And you're putting your finger on that in our lives. We say yes to the advancement of your kingdom right here. Thank you, Lord.